Hello, and welcome inside another edition of How She Did It. I am so happy you have chosen to join me today. If you're returning, thanks for coming back. And if you're new here, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. So today's guest is currently the play-by-play voice of the Washington Wizards G League affiliate Capital City Go-Go and the reigning WNBA champions, the Washington Mystics. I am so excited for you to get to learn more about her. Here is my conversation with Megan McPeak. did it. Amanda Smith here with Megan McPeak. Thank you so much for making time to join me on the show today. Amanda, I appreciate you inviting me and I'm excited to talk. I love to talk, so this is going to be fun. I want to dive right in to your current job with the reigning WNBA champ. So in 2019, you had your first season as a play-by-play voice for the Washington Mystics and they go win the title. What was that experience like for you working with a new team that would eventually become the reigning champions? It was pretty fun and not <laughs> not to brag, but it's not the first time. Hell <laughs> yeah, um, get up which all is, with that. Which is which is kind of fun. Um, so my prior job when I was with the Toronto Raptors organization with their G League affiliate, the 905, in our second season, we uh, made a title run. Um, and won, and then actually in my final season with them, they went for another title run and um, subsequently lost. So um, I've been kind of spoiled, (laughs) which has been fun, but um, I would have to say being a former female athlete, this was probably a lot more fun uh, than my time with the 905 run just because I could relate to the women a little bit more. Um, not that I couldn't relate to the men, because, um, I mean, basketball is basketball, but I think because I could relate to them on a on more personal level um, and just, you know, what they have to do to, uh, you know, with playing overseas and, and whatnot, I can understand the fight and the grind um, more than I could with um, the G League guys. Not that they don't grind it out as well, because... They, they do. Um, their season is just as tough. Um, but I think being a former female basketball player, it, it holds a different uh, place in, in my, my heart and my experience um, in my young career. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was insane. It was absolutely fun. It was a whirlwind um, getting to watch those women up close and personal every single day. Um, and night from practice to games and even just from seeing them in, in training camp before the season started to, um, you know, capping it off with the title. Like, it, they they had that mindset from day one. Like, and it went back to um, getting swept by, by Seattle last season. And from that moment on, it was, okay, we're, like, their hashtag all year was run it back, but it was, like, they had the mindset like, yeah, we're going to run it back, but we're going to finish it this time. And you could tell from training camp that they had that focus. Um, and it was going to take a lot for another team to take them down. And teams, teams gave them their best shot every single game. Um, but, man, oh, man, was that fun. <laughs> Do you think there's a selling point for you going to, you know, different teams and being like, if you hire me, they are probably going to win a championship. 
I'm my, just saying. Uh, a couple of my friends have have said that um, and told me that I need to I need to make it as part of my my job pitch. Exactly. <laughs> um, but until until I go three for three, I will hold off on that. But I mean, so far two for three is pretty good. Um, if I can if I can get one with the go go, that would be pretty awesome. But um, two two out of three is not bad for me. I I'm not complaining whatsoever. All right, we're waiting on the next one. <laughs> you know, you talked about having been a former female athlete yourself. What are some of the things that you feel like sport has taught you that you've been able to carry over into now your professional life? I think the biggest one um, is probably confidence um, and being able to adapt because, like, athletics, you you can prepare all you want. Um, you can watch, you know, game film all you want. You can do the scouting report all you want. You can know the scouting report inside and out. And come game time, something can change. Your best player could go down with injury. Someone gets tossed from the game. Their best player is not playing. And where one team might think they would, you know, crumble and fall, instead they rise to the occasion and, you know, look fabulous. Um, so I think playing sports has probably taught me confidence, um, helped boost my confidence, and also taught me how to adapt. Um, because, I mean, I've, I've, I'm lucky that I've had these experiences, but I know any other broadcaster would be like, oh, gosh, I'm so glad it wasn't me. Um, I'm like the queen of experiencing game delays. Um, I haven't had, and I'm not joking, I haven't had a season where I haven't had a game delay for less in real time 10 minutes. I've experienced a game delay every season since I joined the G League five years ago and even include my first season in the W of at least 15 to 20 minutes. I have experienced a 30 minute and a 45 minute one as well too. Um, and I think being an athlete helped me adapt to those and think on the fly and work on the fly. Um, luckily in TV, you have the magic of video and highlights unless that delay happens in the first four minutes of a game, which has happened to me. And then you basically have to blow up your entire game prep. Um, and your producer has to use any and everything possible that they were going to talk throughout the game about in that break. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, you know, being an athlete, you gain confidence the more and more you play, the longer you play, but you also learn how to adapt to uncomfortable um, and unknown situations. Do you also feel like the preparation you do going into games in those moments of, all right, we've got 40 minutes to kill, we're going to have to fill this time, has has kind of eased that sort of panic that could maybe come with that signing? Yes and no. I think other than probably the first one, the first one I experienced right off the bat was like 25 minutes. So once you get through your first one, you kind of look at it, at least I look at it now, and this is, I think, where playing and confidence comes into play is that I look at that first one and I'm like, oh, gosh, that was easy. Like, I got through the first one, and now I'm like, okay, like, give me give me the next one. Like, what else can possibly go wrong? Yeah. Um, like, 
so I wouldn't necessarily say prep completely helps. Um, it definitely, it definitely can help save you in certain situations. Um, but also too, just like knowing the game, being able to just be cool, calm and collected in a very, what could be panic situation and uncomfortable situation. Um, because you have to try and keep people on the channel and not turn away from the channel when there's a million and one thing, a million and one other things they could be watching. Um, so I would say prep does play a role, but just being able to adapt and the confidence to be able to talk through that also um, has prepared me for it too. You know, as I was doing my research on you, I'm reading through a couple of different articles and they're like, Megan, first female play-by-play broadcaster in 30 years to call an NBA game. First female play-by-play broadcaster in the National Basketball League of Canada. First and only play-by-play broadcaster in the NBA G League. How have you approached moving into these positions as the first and even being the first and only? Probably the way I would walk into a game if I was still playing. Just It's just another game. <laughs> yeah. Um, as as like simplistic as that may sound, like that's that's kind of where my my athletic and my former athlete mindset comes into is just like like it's, this is just another game. Like you've done you've done hundreds. You you can do one more, um, and just realizing that you know there's there's the potential every night I do a game that there could be a young girl or boy watching. Um, and, you know, turn to their parent and be like, mom, like, I want to do what she's doing. And when I was growing up, it wasn't, I want to do what she's doing. It was always, I want to do what he's doing because you didn't typically see women in this role. Um, and if you did, it was not, you know, evident on national television, um, on a consistent basis or at all. So just the notion of, you know, it is just another game for me. I treat every game like it could be my last, but I also treat every game like it's my first um, because there could be new people watching. There could be people who have never heard me before. Um, so I, I like to make sure that every game is enjoyable for the viewers and the fans, but at the same time, it is just another game. And I always have to keep, you know, that that keeps me calm because, of who could be watching um, and not knowing who could be watching good or bad. Um, but again, it stems from being a former athlete and being able to be calm in, in pressure situations. And, you know, the reminder of that little girl or boy who could be home watching um, also keeps me going and, and reminds me um, that, you know, you might be the first or the only, but you're not going to be the last. For those young girls or boys that watch you, and want to maybe be in the positions you have someday, what would you tell them? Go for it. Like, why not? <laughs> um, it, it, like, it, it, as simple as that may sound, like, that's that's literally it. Like, go for it. And even if it's not what I wanted, what, what I'm doing, whatever it may be that that little girl or boy wants to do, um, go for it. Like, if you want to be president of the United States or prime minister of whichever country you're living in, like, go for it why why not you um and that's kind of like what i've been telling myself for the last couple of years like why not me 
if it's not if it's not going to be me, it's going to be somebody else. So why why it not be me? And why couldn't it be, you know, that little girl who's watching with her mom or dad or the little boy who happens to come to a game? Like, why not? Go for it. Like, at the end of the day, you're never going to know if you can do it if you don't try. And if you don't try, you're not going to know. And if you do try and you're good at it, then, well, there you go. Like, you figured it out. But not knowing and not trying and not going after it, you're you're always going to be wondering. And for me... I don't like guessing or wondering like did, should I or have or or what if. Um I'd rather just do it. I'd rather do it and fail than not do it and not know if I could have been good at it or 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 fail at it. So for me and for that little girl or boy like go for it because if you don't you'll never know if you could have been successful at something. Did you always know that broadcast was something you wanted to get into after you were done as an athlete? Yes and no. Originally, when I wanted, when I was, you know, applying for for college and whatnot, I actually wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach um, and be on that side of basketball. And when I was at school, it just wasn't. I wasn't. I learned differently than most students, um, so school did not come easy to me whatsoever. Um, knowing now, I wish I knew then that I'm dyslexic and I don't read properly. So that was a huge hurdle for me in school was not being able to read. And that's, you know, if you if you have teachers that are not willing to realize that every single one of their students doesn't learn the same, then you're going to have students that don't do well. And I was one of those students. And I only had one teacher that, one, was willing to realize that, and two, was willing to put in time to help me. And... um it works in my favor in that particular class, but not in the rest of them. Um, so I, you know, made the decision that I was going to change programs, and that's when broadcasting came into play. I always was interested in it, um, being a you know, you know, like a huge a huge NBA fan and a Chicago Bulls fan. I always found it interesting. Um, I always enjoyed watching it, but I never, I never thought too much about it as a profession because I had always thought I would want to do strength and conditioning. It wasn't until I was in college and watching, you know, NCAA tournament and more and more basketball because league pass was becoming a bigger thing that I was like, Oh, like this seems fun. And like a lot of former athletes do it in the sport that they were good at. So I thought like, okay, like I could probably do this after, after I'm done playing. And I also like most athletes, I wanted to have a professional playing career. So I was, I was in a way going to school for life after my playing career and not life after college, but you know, life happens and injuries happen. And my life after playing turned into my life after college. Um, so everything just got expedited. You were watching the NCAA tournament and you heard that one shining moment song. And that was the selling point. You're like, mm, yeah, this is, I'm listening <laughs> that. <laughs> they probably don't want me to sing that. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like it gets me every year, though, and I feel like everyone around me is like, "Please stop singing." I'm like, "Nah, it lives within me." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Are you from Chicago? Or are you just a Bulls no? Fan? I am originally. I'm originally from Hamilton, Ontario, which is just outside of Toronto. Um, but I grew up a Bulls fan. Okay. 
because I'm from the suburbs of Illinois, so I am too a Bulls fan, and so now we are best friends. There you go. <laughs> there you go. No, I, I grew up with I grew up with an older brother, and he had Jordan posters on his walls. So, you know, every younger sibling wants to be like their older sibling. So, I was like, okay, he likes Michael, so I like Michael. Yeah, that means I like the Bulls. Me too. All right, guys, don't go anywhere. Me and my bestie coming up. We're playing a game of one word on the other side. Stick around. Welcome back inside. How she did it. Megan McPeak is still here with me, and we are going to play a little round of one of my favorite games that we do on the show. One word. So I will just give you a word or, or a phrase or a person, and you can only give me one word to describe said subject. Okay. This is going to be tough, especially for exactly. someone who talks for a living. <laughs> That's the point. Here we go. <laughs> uh, basketball. Life. Ball is life. WNBA free agency. Insane. The G League. The G League. Fun. Broadcasting. Passion. Elena Deladon. Smooth. Holding a championship trophy. Exciting. Those are all good words. You like nailed that game. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, so like my pa- my pauses are like, okay, get the phrase done in your head, and then just come up with a word. <laughs> yeah, no, but I feel like normally there's like these extended pauses. I'm like, I hope I didn't lose connection. I'm gonna give them a second to think. <laughs> that was great. Thanks for being a good sport. No problem. That's fun. All right, coming up, Megan's answering a few of your guys' questions. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back inside. How she did it. Still here with Megan McPeak. She hasn't left yet, but she's about to when she's done answering some of your guys' questions. So first off, uh, Brittany Maloney just wanted to say hi to you. I always like when people just give good vibes because she just says hello. I like it. Uh, Hello, Brittany. (laughs) Then we've got Kelsey Wright Johnson that says, yay, love Megan with a Canadian flag emoji. So, oh, Canada. Oh, yes, my fellow Canucks. She's down in Memphis. (laughs) Yes, she's killing it, too. So our first question, though, comes from Talks with Gundy, and he just says, preparation tactics, question mark? Ooh. So this is one thing I have learned, not only just from my time in prepping, but also from talking with different people in the industry and what they do and stuff like that. Excuse me. Um... My my prep consists of, and this this depends week to week, especially in the G League season because um, the the fluidity um, and and the the revolving door of potential players happens so quickly um, that I I try to be at practice as much as I can, um, and I'll watch every single game whether they're at home or, I mean, obviously I watch the home ones because I do them, but when they're on the road, um, I'll watch those games as well too because it uh, sometimes when you get new players, they'll be added, but they'll be, the guys will be on the road, and that's actually happened a couple times this season. So um, I'll, watch, I'll watch film. I'll talk to the coaches. Um, and then, you know, my, my, my roster boards, are where I put as much information as possible. But for me, um, and then as well to the game notes that the PR staff 
um, for all the teams do too. A lot of the information comes from that as well too. And then, you know, talking to players and coaches. Um, but for me, because of, you know, the, the difficulty and the struggle that I have with reading, I don't bombard my roster boards um, because of that, because then it all jumbles and I'm, I don't want to say something incorrect. Um, and it simply be because the way it looked on my page um, was off. Um, so side note, for those that don't know what dyslexia is, basically when I look at something and I read something, it doesn't, always look the way it is actually on the page. So I struggle, which is actually kind of funny, um, given what I do for a living. I struggle the most with numbers <laughs> um, and reading numbers. So uh, my game boards are color-coded. I use a specific font that is easy for me to read on the fly. Um, I bold certain things that I know I'm going to use Um and whatnot. So my prep is very diligent in making sure that when I'm in the moment of a game, I can get the information I need as quickly as possible without making a mistake due to um, my dyslexia. And if I ever have a question in game and I uh, my my dyslexia is getting the best of me in the moment, I will write it down or actually text the PR person who sits like three people over from me and get him to write it down on a piece of paper and or text it back to me because then I've had a second to have my eyes come off of the paper off of focus of what I was trying to figure out and then I can get back to it um so my prep is probably different than most simply because of the dyslexia um but I use a multitude of different things the easiest thing is just using what, what works best for you, getting the information you want into the broadcast and onto your boards. Um, and having too much information is always helpful when you have 45-minute game delays. <laughs> that would be helpful. I feel like preparation, though, in general, just kind of looks different for everyone because you have to, like you said, figure oh, yeah. out what you want to incorporate into the broadcast should the opportunity come up. Um, right. But thank you for sharing that story of, of how you prepare for games and, and what you do throughout. All right. Next up, we've got the Chosen One, 27, says, what position did you play when you played basketball? Um, so when I was younger, I played in the post because I have shockingly been the size that I am now as an adult since I, I was this is probably, going. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've played basically, I've played every position because of my height as a child. Um, and then the lack of height as an adult in college. Um, but knowing how to play in the post actually helped me playing as a guard because I had a little bit of an advantage over some players because I could play in the post. She can do it all. Nicholas McGinnis would like to know, did you ever have the, can I really do this kind of moment? Um, not really. I've always, I've always told myself that I could do this. And once I got into the G League, probably after my first season, um, I realized like, yeah, there's no doubt I can do this. This like, this isn't, this isn't. This isn't not for me, if that even makes sense. Um, this, like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I tell people all the time, like, if 
if you took this job away from me I, and said I could never call another game in my life, like I legitimately don't know what I'd be doing. Um, so I've never really had that. Can I really do this moment? Because I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I usually like to end my podcast asking said guest a question. And so this week, I would like to know what is something you are proud of yourself for? Ooh, that's a good question. We're all about um, empowerment here on How She Did. <laughs> <laughs> um, what am I proud of myself for? I would have to say, probably, like, I don't think there's one specific thing. I'm just, I'm proud of myself with everything that I've done. Um, as, like, cliche as that might sound, like, it, that's, that's the truth for me. From graduating college to where I was at a point where I might not have even been able to finish college and might not have been able to play basketball to graduating, being successful upon graduating, getting an opportunity, and then turning that opportunity into the career that I currently have. I'm, I've, I'm proud of everything that I've, that I've done because everything I've gone through has made me the person that I am today, good, bad, and ugly. Um, and I'm, I'm proud of myself for, you know, when people told me I'm, I'm crazy to get into broadcasting professionally that I need to have a backup job or a backup option. Um, and I kind of just like laughed at them and said, no, like this is my backup option and my backup option. Um, like I'm good <laughs> because I had the confidence in myself that I was, I, I could do the job and I could do it well. Um, and I could be successful at it. So I'm, I've, I'm proud of everything that I've done to this point And I'm proud of where I have the potential to go. It has been such a treat getting to talk with you. I can't wait to follow the things that are in your future. We're Twitter friends now, so you know Indeed. I'm always going to hit you with that like. <laughs> and go Bulls. Yes, definitely. Go Bulls. I appreciate you having me on, on the podcast. I, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see where things go for you, too, as well. Thank you. I, I, maybe someday we'll get to meet in person and everything will come full circle. Definitely. All right, guys. For Megan McTeague, I'm Amanda Smith. We'll catch you next time on How She Did It. 